All right, welcome in. This is a special edition of the Dream Preview Podcast because it's also a reunion of sorts. My, I'm AJ Hoffman, of course. If you listen to this channel, you've probably heard my voice before. Uh, but if you didn't know me before pregame, then allow me to introduce Fred Fowler, my former co-host in Houston, Texas. He is the CEO and Grand Poobah of SportsMoneyElite.com. He is the host of Fred Nation uh, on SportsMap Radio, national show from 1 to 4 Eastern Time. Uh, Fred Fowler, how are you, my man? I am fantastic, brother. Good to be uh, on air with you again. Yeah, it is nice, man. And I, I you know, we, we haven't got to, I mean, obviously it's, you're busy, I'm busy, we know the deal. Uh, we haven't connected as much as I'd like to, but I, I, you know, you're in Houston, you are a, a wizard when it comes to horse racing. And I figured, you know, we we're going to put out some kind of content on the Kentucky Derby. Seems like a great time to reach out to my boy, Freddie. Yeah. And I, I love a lot of stuff about this, but you know what? I have to admit, guess, guess who picked the Derby winner a year and a half ago and, just now got awarded the winner, Mandaloon. That was you. That was me. That was my my expertise. Picked Mandaloon as the winner. Somehow, the cockroach sports books will not pay me out for Mandaloon, even though I picked him to win and he was the winner. It seems like well, automatically you should get paid, right? No, that's not how it works because they don't care about you. People, the 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 sports book doesn't care about you, and that's the sad reality of things. And you know what? That brings me to. The first thing I want to talk about in this race is Bob Baffert not having a presence. When is the last Kentucky Derby that Bob Baffert didn't have a horse in? Uh, boy, I think you got to go back 15 years. I don't remember the exact. Uh, he had one scratch the day of that didn't run. But uh, let's be honest, he still has a presence. I mean, he's still telling these guys what to do. He just can't legally be trainer of record. In, in Kentucky right now. Okay, and it looks like this guy, Tim Yachtin, must be, um, this must be his boy. This must be his number one henchman because the six-horse Messier and the 12-horse Taiba, both Baffert horses have been handed off to Tim Yachtin. Like, so here's the question. What are the odds that Messier or Taiba, if they win, are going to come up with a hot piss test? Oh, probably 50-50 because, you know, nothing's really changed. And Yachtin was an assistant for him for years. So he knows the routine, right? So that's why he sent him to him because this is a guy who knows his program, knows what to do. So I don't think it's going to impact the horses very much at all. You can just assume that there's that sneaky little white-haired devil behind them. And uh, it doesn't matter who the trainer of record is. What is the the weather forecast? What kind of what kind of track are we expecting this weekend? Well, it's uh, tomorrow. It's supposed to be really bad for Oaks Day, so it'll be sloppy. Uh, it's like fifty percent chance on Saturday, but it sure seems like it rains at the Derby every year. So it does. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to get a sloppy track. Okay, and obviously, when it when that happens, that changes the way you handicap these things completely, right? Yeah, it does because some horses just don't like it. And it tends to favor horses that are closer to the front, which is why you've seen so many front-running derby winners lately. So, you know, the the way I'm approaching it is it'll be a fast track. 
but then on Saturday, if it's not, I, I'm going to, I'll, I'll make some adjustments, but I've already got in my mind what I'll do if that happens and, and which horses will move up and which horses will move down. All right. Well, let's get into these horses. And I, I just kind of want to go through the field and, and you give me, you know, a nugget or two on each one of these guys. And, and you let me know if it's a horse that I should be looking at or a horse we should just throw out the window. How's that work for you? That's perfect. Well, let's start on the rail with Mo Donegal, who, uh, like you, you've talked about this before, draw is pretty important in these things. What do you think about Mo Donegal? Yeah, I got to toss him off the wind just just from drawing the rail. The last time a horse won from the rail, 1986. And, uh, I mean, most of the people listening weren't even born then. It's just an impossible spot and because what happens is the entire field is trying to get to the rail. You get shuffled back. You've got no chance. I think he can still get up for second or third if he can get a clean trip. But I, I would have liked this horse on the win end if he hadn't drawn the rail. It, like, is it just the rail? Is it just spot one? Or does anything inside a certain number kind of turn you off? Well, that's a good question. Uh, really, the one is the worst. But in this case, I think it also affects the favorite in the race epicenter, who's uh, the, the three horse. He's going to have to use speed to get out of there. So that doesn't happen to him, too. So really, anything in from five in is, is kind of at risk. The rail's the worst, but it, it worries me a little bit about epicenter, too. Uh, well, let's go to the two horse, one of the handful of long shots on the board at 30 to one, Happy Jack. Is there anything worth looking at Happy Jack on? No, not unless you uh, want to hire him to pull a cart and drive you around town. Uh, he'll be doing those uh, those chariot races, I assume, in the near future. A uh, useless beast. Uh, you mentioned the three horse epicenter, who is at seven to two right now, a Steve Asmussen horse, so obviously a pretty pedigreed horse. What is there to like and what is there to dislike about this horse? Well, the post concerns me a little bit here. He's not he's done nothing wrong. Uh, he'll be the favorite. I think he'll be favored over Zandon. Uh, the the thing about him is he he has speed, but his last race in the Louisiana Derby he showed he could sit just a little bit off, which is where you want to be at the Derby. You don't want to be more than a couple links back, and he has a perfect running style for that. Uh, my only concern is is this three post and the fact that the other speed might cut him off and he hasn't had a lot of dirt kicked in his face and we don't know how he'll respond to that. Plus, Asmussen's never won this race. As much as he's cheated his way to the most wins in American history, uh, he's never been able to win this race. So that's the other that's the other thing he's got to carry with him. Well, he hasn't cheated as hard as Bob Baffert. So now that Baffert's out of the picture, maybe, uh, maybe he's got a chance here. Maybe so. <laughs> so, I mean, is, is this a horse that you're, you're looking to use? Yeah, I'm gonna and and I'm gonna use four horses on top in the trifecta. I'm using him. I don't think you can throw him out. I think if he gets out of there cleanly and gets a good spot, he's gonna be very tough to beat. He's not a horse that is. Uh, he's not gonna quit. And if he's near the lead, you're gonna have to run a big race to beat him. So he's he's one of the four I'm using on top. All right, the four horse is Summer is tomorrow. Another one of the thirty to one long shots. Yeah, he comes over from uh, the UAE Derby over in Dubai, ran a good second, uh, but he's kind of horse that wants to be near the front, and I just don't think he's fast enough to deal with, with the other speed horses in here. And especially being right next to, to one of the favorites, probably not helpful either. Uh, the five horse, Smile Happy, a 20 to one shot. Here's a sneaky little long shot. Uh, he was actually the Derby pool favorite uh, early on in the year. And he really hasn't done anything wrong. The only two horses he's lost to since then 
are the two favorites, Epicenter and Zandon. So I, I think he's a horse that can uh, can hang around and be a part of it. My only concern really is his breeding. He's he's really bred to be a sprinter. So a mile and a, a, mile and a quarter might be a mu- bit much for him. But he's a decent racehorse at 20 to 1. I wouldn't fault anybody for throwing a few bucks on him. That's what I like to hear, the 20 to 1 long shot. Uh, all right, one of the horses that I've heard a lot about is this horse Messier. And obviously I think him being a, a, a de facto Baffert horse – has a lot to do with that is the is is there reason to like this horse or are we just talking about a a name value because of who his trainer was no I mean there's a lot of reason to like him I mean he's only had uh, a couple starts this year the first one he won a a race by 15 links a stakes race and just dominated and then the last race wasn't a bad race he he, uh, usually is on the lead he was second behind a horse that was just a speedball runoff that that dropped dead when they turned for home and then he got, got caught by Taiba in the stretch. This is a kind of running pattern that you like to see going into the Derby. Uh, he's definitely bred to go this far. Uh, I, I, I'm using him, but I'm not, I'm not putting him on top just because uh, when the real running started in the Santa Anita Derby, Taiba just went right by him. So I think there's reasons for that. I think Messier got cooked a little, but guess what? I think he's going to get cooked a little bit in this one. So uh, definitely a contender, but not, not on top for me. All right, the seven horse, Crown Pride, 20 to 1. Yeah, this one's really interesting. And I don't have him on top, but I'm definitely using him in everything. He's uh, Japan bred, and horses from Japan are winning everywhere in the world right now. And he won the UAE Derby. He's been working like a fiend at Churchill. I mean, he's everybody's raving about him. I just think it's really tough to come from Dubai. And, and, and we've seen this pattern in the past with horses that go there for the Dubai World Cup, and then they come back and say race at the Stephen Foster at Churchill, and they never run worth a damn. It's like the first start when they come over isn't very good. But he's definitely a horse I'm going to use. And if you know another one, that if you like a 20 to 1 shot, you could do a lot worse than this guy. What is it about the Japanese horses that are, that are making them so successful right now? They spent a lot of money on their breeding program. They came over here and bought a bunch of our best sires, and they've been doing this for 20 years. And now it's starting to pay off because now you're getting into uh, some really serious racehorses. I think they won three races in Dubai at the festival uh, in March. And, you know, they, they're just they just win everywhere. And they, they've really created a, a, a terrific breeding program. And, and it's like when the Japanese decide they want to do something well, they kind of do it. And that's sort of what's happened here. The eight horse, another 20 to one shot. Charge it. Excuse me. Not going to fault you if you like this horse. Uh, I, I liked him in the Florida Derby. He ran second to White Barrio, but he was the best horse. It was only his third start, and he got himself in trouble early. He hit the gate, and then when he got in the stretch, he kept going left and right and wouldn't straighten out, or he would have gone right by White Barrio. The problem is, is he kind of strikes me as a horse that's going to struggle in a big field like this just because he's so green, but he's really talented. And again, another 20 to 1 that I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't hate to see you throw a couple dollars on. Yeah. And, and, you know, I don't know a lot of trainers. I don't know them by name, but this Todd Pletcher is a guy that I have heard of. This is one of his three horses in this race, along with uh, with Mo Donegal, which who we mentioned uh, earlier. Like, is is this guy a particularly, you know, strong trainer? Oh, Todd Pletcher is terrific. And he's won this a couple of times. And I think this is the best of his three horses. 
And, um, you know, if you're getting even better than the, uh, the Mo Donegal, the one you said you would have liked. Yeah, I, I do. Uh, I do think he's the best of the three and you're getting 20 to one on Todd Pletcher. Yes, sir. I'm, I'm all about that. You, it sounds, it sounds like you like a lot of these 20 to one horses. That's I'm, I'm color me interested. I'll say that, <laughs> well, uh, do, but you know, the, and we'll get to the, the other win contenders that I like, but I basically like the two favorites, but I also like two long shots. If I get one of those with one of these 20 to ones, I'm a happy camper. All right, let's look at the nine horse, a 30 to one long shot. Tis the bomb. Yeah, he, uh, he, he's raced on synthetic surfaces and done very well. Uh, the last time we saw him on a, a real dirt track, he ran against a bunch of these at Gulfstream Park and he just got murdered. Uh, good horse, good trainer. Uh, I don't think he can win, but if you're playing trifectas, uh, I, I wouldn't leave him out a third. And and a horse who's only run on synthetic stuff. It sounds like on a sloppy course, maybe not the best time to uh, to back him, right? Well, actually, uh, uh, slop slop is closer to synthetic, so I, I would oh okay. I would definitely move him up if that happens. Okay, the ten horse, the current favorite, Zandon. What do you think of this horse, Fred? I, I think I know you love to play against favorites. I know you got something. You you see that this guy can be beat. How do we do it? Well, here's here's how he can be beat. I mean, he's a stone closer in a 20 horse field, uh, which means he's going to at some point run into traffic. He may have to pass as many as 18 horses to win the race. Now he's good enough to do that. Uh, I don't like three to one on him though. I, I really think epicenter should be a pretty strong favorite. Uh, I'm, I'm using him and I do have one pretty significant bet on him on an offshore site. And I, but I got him at 12 to one. So ah. that's a much better price. And uh, I, I just don't think, uh, for the traffic he could run into, I, I, I just don't think he's worth three to one. But, you know, if he gets a clean trip, then you know, he ran behind Epicenter at the fairgrounds back in February, and that was his first start of the year. Ran a pretty good third uh, after hopping at the start and getting in a bunch of traffic. So, and then he came back in the bluegrass and just crushed, and I think he's improving. Uh, really good horse, definite win contender. But, you know, having to get through all that traffic is a big deal. And you've said before, whoever wins that that bluegrass, often they they may get even a little bit overpriced coming into the Derby. Yeah, generally, uh, generally they are. And and but the thing is, he won from off the pace at the blue bluegrass, and Keeneland is a speed favoring track, and that's why his his victory was so impressive. And usually they come to Churchill and they get a fair track, and you get a big effort. But in this case, listen, I, I love the horse. I'm using him on top, but three to one. I, I could see him missing the board. I mean, it's just, you know, you, you've seen enough of these hanging around me. I mean, there's so much traffic in these races, and the guys that are far back, you, you've got to get so lucky to get through without any trouble. And if he does, yeah, he's going to be right there. But, I mean, I say it's 40% that he can do that. And, you know, so so at 3-1. to one, At 3-1, to one, you're not interested. 10-1, no, to 12-1, to one, I love. 3-1, to one, not so much. Yeah. All right, let's look at the 11 horse, uh, Todd Pletcher's third horse, Pioneer of Medina, 30 to 1. Yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of this horse. He, he's he's not, I mean, he's game, and he never really quits, but he's a horse that needs to be on the lead to have any chance, and I just don't see that happening here. I think he's a, uh, I mean, you know, getting a 30 to 1 on a Pletcher horse sounds great, but I, I just think he's totally up against it from a pace perspective. 
So this this ain't the Pletcher horse to uh to look at. So uh, let's go to the other former Baffert horse in this race, the twelve horse at twelve to one, Taiba. You mentioned earlier. Yeah, this is a horse I really really like, and um, it, it's what he's trying to do. It's not quite unprecedented anymore because they don't race these horses as much. But he's only had two starts. He won his first start. He won a maiden race at six furlongs by eight lengths and one easy and put up a 103 buyer speed figure, which is huge for a three-year-old. His second start, they put him in the Santa Anita Derby, and he beats Messier on the square and runs a 102 in only his second start. So this is a horse that easily could take another step forward. Now, you don't know how he's going to react. That was a six-horse field. You don't know how he's going to react to 20 horses, but he's got enough speed to get out of there and get close to the front and run a mandaloon-type race. And it's just a matter of, is this, you know, too much too soon for him? But I guarantee you, he's still got those drugs in his system. And it'll be something <laughs> to be in a spirit next year, when it, or, last, or last time, where he'll kick it in on the stretch and keep going. And uh, I really like this horse at 12 to 1. I'm, I'm a little worried that a bunch of people are getting on the bandwagon. I may not get 12 to 1. And I, 8 to 1 is about as low as I want to go on a horse like this. That is just, I mean, to me... It's asking so much of him, but boy, he just looks like a monster. And I, he reminds me a lot of uh, Justify, who won the Triple Crown. So, you know. It, it, it's sitting here in this, you know, sort of the middle of the pack, this 11, 12, 13, 14 range. And it, it seems, you know, the other the other three horses in that group with him are 20 to 1s, 30 to 1s. Is it if you've got a good horse, do you want it to be surrounded by other good horses, or do you want it to be in in a pack of of slow horses where he can get some distance? Well, it, it really depends on the running style. If you have a horse that wants to be near the lead or on the lead, like this one, you really want post seven through twelve because you you don't want to be too far outside because you have to use a lot of horse to get there, and you don't want to be inside because all the other guys are trying to come over on you. So, uh, really, that seven to twelve is a sweet pot sweet spot for post positions if you've got a good horse and you think the, the tw- you know Taiba being the 12 a good spot for him yeah I think it's perfect I think what he's going to do is uh sit back a little bit uh and, and you know let Messier go like he did in the Santa Anita Derby let Epicenter go and try to get about three links behind those guys and settle in and stay out of traffic and then go from there and if he does he's you know said he only beat six uh five horses last time but if you're sitting in fourth, you don't know that there's 15 horses behind you. So uh, I, I, I kind of think that's the trip he's going to get. And then we'll find out when you get to the stretch if he's the real deal. All right, let's go to the 13-horse Simplification, who's currently 20-1. to 1. Yeah, he's one of those horses that uh, he's really solid, and I think he'll win a bunch of races later in the year. But the only two times he's gone up against White Abario, uh, he just hasn't been much of a factor. He's, uh, you know, charge it, kind of beat him on the square last time in the Florida Derby. It's another one of those horses that wants to be close to the lead that really isn't fast enough to keep going uh, with some of the other horses in here. Something you've said a couple times, beat him on the square. What does that mean? Well, I mean, where there was no there was no excuse for I, either horse, right? So when charge it beat him, simplification didn't have an excuse. He ran a good So in a fair fight. Yeah, it was a fair fight, definitely. All right. Well, let's look at the 14 horse, another long shot, 30 to 1, Barber Road. All right. This is a 30 to 1 I really like. And I don't <laughs> I don't like him to win. 
but I do like him to run second or third. And here's why his last five races, he's had eight career starts. Uh, he's only got two wins, but he's been fourth. Uh, he's been uh, third four times uh, of the eight. So six out of the eight times he's been second or third. Here's how his last five, uh, last five races have gone. Second in a stakes race, second in a stakes race, second in a stakes race, third in a stakes race, second in a stakes race. I mean, this guy shows up every time. He closes from way back, but he never wins. So one of the things I like to do is I like to do these back wheel trifectas, right? Where I, you know, key a horse second and third. This is a great horse to key second or third because guess what he does every time out? And uh, and if you're looking for a long shot to bet to like place and show at a big price, this is your guy. And don't expect to see him until late in the stretch because he never shows up until there's about a 16th of a mile left and he always finishes strong, but he's never good enough to get there. I got to be honest, like your voice changed when you started talking about this horse. It was like, uh, there was some real excitement. So I, I'm starting to think like, this might be the one, Freddie. Well, this is, yeah, I don't think he can win. Uh, but this, th- I love a horse like this because he shows up every time and you're going to, and he's, and by the way, he's already had two races at Churchill where he, he did win a race and he finished second in the stakes race. So he likes the track, which is important and more distance is going to help him. Uh, he, he ran second in the Arkansas Derby and beat the Philly that I think is going to win the Oaks tomorrow. Secret oath ran third in there. Uh, and you know, just, uh, and I bet the hell out of this horse every time in Arkansas, and I hit him every time because I put him second and third every race. So I'll, I'll be doing it again on Derby Day. All right, let's go to the fifteen horse, and it's this is the 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 shortest uh, odds on the back half of the field. And I've you've heard, I've heard you say a lot. They were looking up at this horse, chasing this horse. Wide Abadio must be a pretty good horse. Yeah, he is, and and he's had uh, two starts this year, both at Gulfstream. He won them both. Uh, he beat Charge It, who we mentioned earlier. Uh, Simplification, Mo Donegal, uh, won really impressively. I just, uh, you know, and he's the last horse off uh, off my cut list uh, for for first. But I'm definitely going to have some tickets where he's there because he's done nothing wrong. He's won four out of five, uh, and the, the two races at Gulfstream, the, the reason I'm kind of uh, knocking him down just a little bit is I don't think those races were impressive as the ones that Epi- uh, Epicenter and Zandon and Taiba and the horse we're about to talk about next one. So uh, that, that I, I think he's good enough, and he's a beautiful horse too if you like white horses, uh, aptly named, uh, but he's, he's just beautiful and you know hard to root against. But I, I just don't think those races were quite as good. And, and his only loss happened to come at Churchill Downs. So uh, it may be that he just loves Gulfstream because that's where his other four wins came from. All right, let's go to the 16 horse, a 20 to one shot cyber knife. Okay, so this is the fourth horse I have on top. And uh, the reason for that is he's had a pretty interesting career. He got uh, thrown in against uh, Epicenter and some really good horses early on this year. He wasn't ready for that. And Brad Cox, who's his trainer, when his horses get good, they stay good. And so he won a uh, an optional claimer at Fairgrounds in February and went from there to winning the Arkansas Derby easily. And uh, I, I think he's got a big shot. He's one of those horses that has the enough speed to be close. And, and again, ever since they've gone to the point system, you, you really need to be close to the pace to be able to win the Derby. But he beat that Barber Road that I talked about, who runs second and third. 
and and the filly he beat in the Arkansas Derby, Secret Oath, who is she's just brilliant. And uh, they tried her against the boys, and she got the worst ride I've ever seen in my life. And I, I think she's going to crush the Oaks tomorrow, and I think that that win's going to look better and better, uh, especially if Cyberknife runs big on Saturday. All right, so another long shot that you, you've got a, a shine on. Let's talk about a really long shot here, actually two in a row, Classic Causeway, the 17 horse. Yeah, I don't think he has any chance. He's one of my tosses. He's a, a speed horse. He won a couple races at Tampa, went to the Florida Derby, dropped dead after a quarter mile uh, against White Abario and charge it. And uh, basically his trainer wasn't going to run him, but his owners are like 80 years old and have never had a derby horse. So before they croak, they want to have a derby horse. So guess what? They do. <laughs> All right. So he's got one. That's his uh, his claim to fame. Let's talk about the 18 horse then, Tawny Port, also at 31. Yeah, Tawny Port is uh, another one who's done his best running uh, on synthetic up until his last race where he won the Lexington at Keeneland, which was the last points race to get in the derby. Uh, Brad Cox is a great trainer, mandaloons trainer. And, but I don't like the fact that he's run this horse three times in five weeks. That's not something he usually does. So it's another one where I'm guessing the owners are pushing it. I might throw him on the bottom of some tries, but I don't give him much of a chance here. I just, I just think this is too much for him. All right. Let's look at the 19 horse, a 20 to one shot Zozos. Yeah. This is another Brad Cox horse, by the way, who, uh, uh, his stakes debut was against Epicenter. He got enough points to get in because he ran second. Uh, made the lead that day, slow fractions, epicenter ran him down. Uh, I, I think he's going to try to get near the lead uh, in this. The, the fractions are not going to be slow. I just don't think – I don't think he's good enough. I don't think he's well-bred enough for it. He's got a lot of sprinter in his uh, pedigree. Uh, I think he'll be near the lead for a long time, and then we won't see him again. So he's a total toss for me. All right. And then the 20 horse, Ethereal Road, 30-1. to 1. Yeah, one of the biggest prep scores I had was with this horse in the Rebel at Oaklawn when he went off at 15 to 1. And the horse that beat him was uh, 40 to 1. And I had them both uh, and managed to hit the try and the exacta. And so I, I, I've got a fond place in my heart for him. But, you know, he, they took him up to Keeneland and ran him in the bluegrass. He had tons of trouble, ran terrible, came back in the Lexington behind Tawny Port and got bumped at the start and just had all, this, all these awful things happen. I think he's a pretty good horse, but 20 post and, you know, Dwayne Lucas is his trainer who's won a bunch of these, but he's also, he also pushes the hell out of his horses. Uh, I'm going to put him on the bottom of tries just mainly because he has a really warm spot in my heart, but I don't think he has much of a chance. All right. Let's, let's talk for a second. Uh, like we've talked a lot about post position and, and what it means and particularly for Mo Donegal, how did his odds adjust after the draw or was there an adjustment or is that just something in your mind you say, nope, that I'm, I like this horse less? Uh, I, I, in my mind, I like the horse less. Now, as far as the morning line goes where, you know, he's 10 to one, I, I think it's a, I think he would have probably been six, a six to one, seven to one at most if he were in another spot. So they did adjust it a little bit. I think more of the adjustments going to come on race day when people are actually betting and, you know, I, I think you'll see him go to 12 to 14 to one. And, and you know, it's it, it's one of those that, um, man, if if he's in any other post position, uh, you know, maybe not two, but I, I would I would really like this horse. But 
Um, it, it, and, you know, it, it may still work out, but it, it's, I mean, like I said, that's a lot of history when you're talking about going back to 1986. Jeez, I, I was still in college, for God's sakes. <laughs> so which which horses do you expect to move the most? But like, obviously, that's the danger of falling in love on Thursday with a horse because you may not get that price on Saturday. But which which horses are you are you expecting to be the biggest movers in the next couple of days? Yeah, I think Epicenter is going to go down from seven to two significantly. Uh, I, I'll be surprised if he's much higher than two to one or five to two. If he goes. Oh, so like a solid favorite then. Yeah. I think he's going to be a pretty strong favorite here. Uh, I'm guessing that my guy Tyba is going to get bet down. Uh, I, I don't think he's going to be 12 to one. I think he'll probably wind up being third choice when it's all said and done at about six to one. So I think his odds might get cut in half. Well, Fred, what we do on these pods, as you know, I'm sure you've heard one or two uh, at the end of the pod, we like to to give out a best bet. Is there a ticket that you can uh, you can recommend to the people? Yeah, so this is a, a you know it's a pretty small ticket that might make you a bunch of money. So we're gonna key our twelve horse Taiba in the exactas, and that means you're picking a horse to run first and you're picking a horse to run second. So what we're doing is called an exacta wheel, and we're gonna take our horse, the twelve horse and put him in first, and we're going to put four horses in second. And then we're going to turn it around and put the same four horses in first with the 12 second. So if the 12 runs first or second, and any one of these horses runs with him, you're going to get a nice ticket. Because we're building this for long shots, right? We talked about a lot of 20 to 30 to 1 shots. I don't want to give the people favorites. I'm going to give you one favorite. So we're going to take 12, and the other horses we're going to use, we're going to use Epicenter, the three, who will I think will be the favorite. But we're going to toss Zandon, just because I think you know, the traffic issues, all of that. We're going to leave him out of this bet. So we're going to take uh, Epicenter. We're going to take uh, the horse that we talked a little bit about, Charge It, uh, who I think has a big shot at 20 to 1. We're going to, yeah, the, uh, and then we're going to use Barber Road, the 14, at 30 to 1. And then we're going to use Cyberknife at 20 to 1. So the way this ticket will look, it'll be 12. When you go to the window or when you punch it in online, 12 with 3, 8, 14, and 16. And then you go 3, 8, 14, and 16 with 12. And if we get 12 with anybody but the three, uh, you're going Sizzler. And what? how much is this going to cost us? What's the investment here? Uh, this uh, is basically because it depends on your track, but most tracks it's a, a dollar exacta. Uh, so you can do the whole thing for eight bucks. All right. That's what I'm talking about. So there you go. So re- repeat it one more time. The tw- Actually, let me try to repeat it. The 12 with 3, 8, 14, and 16, and 3, 8, 14, and 16 with the 12. Exactas. Yep, that's it. And some tracks it's going to be two bucks, but gosh, you have to spend 16. Ooh. Well, that's it's quite enough for the entertainment, uh, Fred. D- now, now that we've gotten the business out of the way, tell me about life in Houston without me. Is it is it as miserable as I imagine it would be? Uh, you know what? In, in, in all honesty, I can't tell you how many people come up to me and say, "I never realized uh, what we had with you guys and all this." And it's a uh, uh, this radio has sucked since the Blitz left, and uh, so yeah, it, it hasn't been as much fun. Uh, you know, and plus I miss our trips to Vegas. Uh, but you know, it's, it's, it's surviving, but, uh, no, nah, man, you're well missed. You're missed here a lot. And especially when big stuff happens, like when the Deshaun Watson trade happens, happened, I can't tell you how many people are like, 
man, I wish you guys were on to talk about this. And like, Listen, oh. I wish I was on air right now to uh, continue to beat my chest about saying James Harden will always be a loser. And, it, you know, I think now maybe the, the people in Houston are, are they're OK with him always being a loser. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm feeling oh vindicated. Yes. But it's, <laughs> it sounds like what you're saying is I'm a hero and I'm missed is what you're saying. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, and, and they haven't forgotten about you, you yet or me yet, but they will. I mean, that's, that's well, it happens to everybody. It's inevitable. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But uh, but no, there have been so many things that happened. And actually, yeah, and I tweeted this out. I thought the Texans had an amazing draft. That's the first time I kind of miss being on local because I would love for us to have been able to dive into that. And you could tell me how, how much their draft sucked. And I could talk about, hey, I actually like this for once. <laughs> I, you know what? I wouldn't say that it sucked. I thought they did a pretty decent job as well. So it w- it would have been one of those awkward moments where I had to say something nice about the Texans, and everybody would call me a bandwagoner and whatever, or, or I'd say something that wasn't nice enough, and I'd still be a hater. Yeah, and I I, I was being called a Texas Texans honk by some people. I'm like, yeah, you guys never did listen to the Blitz, did you? <laughs> <laughs> Well, Fred, uh, it's, I certainly miss working with you, man. It's good to hear your voice again. Uh, Fred Fowler, you can find him on his website, sportsmoneyelite.com. You can hear him on your radio dial. Uh, well, maybe not your radio dial, but on the interwebs, as, as you know, uh, on SportsMap Radio. Uh, Fred Nation is on 1 to 4 Eastern time. So, Fred, I, I know I knew whatever you did after us was going to be successful. I'm glad to see that you are are still thriving, even you know without me carrying you through through your entire career. I know that it was, I was a safety net for a long time, but I'm proud of you for making it on your own. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Fred Fowler. The guy knows his horse racing, guy knows his sports in general, and he's just a a, a generally good follow on the Twitters. So uh, check him out, Freddie. Always good to hear from you, my man. Yeah, man, this has been great. Anytime, man, I'm happy to pop on, and uh, uh, I'll, I'll catch up with you soon, let you know what, what's really going on behind the scenes here. <laughs> and I, I, you listen, here's the deal, as you know, uh, with these races, the, these horse races. If I, I'm sure we'll talk to you again before the Preakness, and if by some chance the same horse has won the first two races, I'll talk to you before the Belmont. If not, I won't give a shit, and I'll talk to you next year at the Derby. Yeah, nobody cares. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the poor Belmont Stakes. No one cares unless the the, the same horse wins the first two. Uh, all right, buddy. I will. Uh, I will talk to you soon, and and tell uh, tell your wife I said hello, and I I appreciate you taking the time today. Hey, anytime, brother. All right, there you go. That's Fred Fowler. Uh, sportsmoneyelite.com and a generally great dude, my former co-host from Houston. Uh, guys, thanks for tuning in. Uh, I hope the Kentucky Derby is a winner for you. I think I'm going to take Fred's advice, hopefully make some money myself. Not much of an investment. Come on. What do you, what do you, what, what do you got to lose here? Eight bucks, Fred tells you. And stay tuned to this channel. Of course, subscribe, subscribe, and you'll hear all the content from the pregame crew. We will talk to you next time. 